0: So thank you for being with us here today, Pat. And I know that you identify most strongly with Point One. So can you share with us what it was that you learned about Point One that had the most impact and transformational effect on your life? Well, it's hard to do one thing,
1: Jess. I may have to press for two. Sure. Um, I guess the first thing is that was huge for me is that I'm not always right. And the second is other people don't appreciate it when you tell them about themselves. Uh You know, because my intention was always to be so helpful. And I had this information that they would want to know. So I would impose my opinion uh, or uh, know-it-all information on them without being asked. Not always helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and let's go back to the first one where you realize that you're not always right. Tell, tell us a little bit about, so when you actually realized that, how did that change your life? <laughs>
1: well, it, made, it was a wonderful thing because it was humbling. And I think that living a life where one is humble Is just the biggest gift ever because the charge goes out of it Um, the charge goes you know like it's an offering that I give if somebody asks but I know I don't know and I especially don't know for the other I can never know what their heart is saying or what is you know the predominant um, uh, gift that they need at that moment. Uh, I can try, but, you know, the fact is, I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: So would ha- would you say that, what was the impact on that for you as a being? Like, did you feel like your body was more relaxed? Did you feel like you were open to more information from various sources yourself? Did you feel like your relationships got better? Well, <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know. It's, it's like, for me, I guess I got more relaxed and I got a broader sense of humor and it's just delightful to laugh at yourself. You know, I feel like I don't take myself so seriously and think, you know, like carrying around this huge burden of knowing and being right and, you know, having some sort of sense of, um, super duper responsibility. So <laughs> I, um, I think that that was the biggest gift for me.
0: Yeah, So, and have, I'm just curious, I don't know, but have did you notice that when you have less of a charge to offer the things that you can see that might support a person in some way, do you find that without the charge and that you're just offering them that maybe you even get more of them received?
1: Yes, without question. I mean, for me, I really try to lay back and listen, you know, because listen for the ask or listen for the space or the context of the person's being. Um, And so when I am asked, uh, I feel like there's a real opening for the hearing
0: um,
1: of anything that I might be willing to offer or able to offer or uh, knowledgeable enough to offer. And I find I also uh, communicate more from the place of it's been my experience, not like I know about you <laughs> your life. Um, so, yes, that's been lovely.
0: And one more thing I'd just like to ask you about, the transformational part of it is if you could say something about how you feel like your actual experience either in your body or of your body changed maybe as a result of you working with your understanding of being a one or point one?
1: Good question, Jess, because definitely became more relaxed. I used to be a person who carried, uh, I was definitely a gut person, carried a lot of tension, carried a lot of tension. And, um, And so... Since I don't need to know, I'm not always right. It's just, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's, a, it's a relaxing place to live, uh, much more so than when I, I have to, like, be the one. And believe me, I know that people who are ones are doing their best always. They're not, like, just being self-righteous people. They really, they really do uh, have a level, or at least it was my experience, that I had a level of, I was trying to be really conscientious.
0: You know? that, was my, that
1: was my offering. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you could say one thing to other people of other types about how to create a healthy relationship with people who identify as point one, what would your advice to them be? Don't take us personally.
1: It's about us. It's not about you. In terms of like, whatever it is that we say, it's just, it's our, it's our, it's our uh, attempt to give a gift. It's not uh, to try to make somebody else wrong. We're trying so hard to contribute. So I would ask for compassion for us and to know that whatever it is that we're trying to share, you know, it's, it's about our be our attempt to make the contribution. It's not really about the situation or you or anything like that. And especially if we go in from a perspective of trying to make wrong, you know,
0: then definitely ignore us. So Pat, in your own life with your, close relationships, more intimate relationships. Um, have you found that if people are able to do that with you, that the quality of your relationship has really transformed?
1: Yes, I guess because for me, I don't take myself that seriously. I, I think I hold the field for other people not to take me that seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, and and I will say whatever I say, if I'm asked a question, I'll say whatever I say, from of course, the one perspective, and then I say, but that's just my opinion. You know, um, I encourage you to do your own research, find out for yourself, be with yourself or whatever, um, to let them come to some sort of inner alignment that is much more true and authentic for whatever their situation is. So I think my participation becomes lightened a little bit. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I'd like to just ask one other thing about the transformational part. As you were breaking up those patterns and having a different orientation with all of these things, and you were doing inner work around it, what would you say was the pain, in a sense, or the suffering that you became aware of was most acute in you? Another really
1: good question, Jess. I think that, you know, the deep and profound feeling of that, I am not good enough. So I really need to find out the right answer, the right information. I need to find who knows. I was, I spent my, I guess, first, 30, 35 years trying to find who is no life, who's got the answers, who knows how to do this thing called life, and I I was, it put me on the path of being a seeker, so which I, for which I'm grateful, but it was this chronic feeling of like, whoever it is that I am, whatever it is that I've experienced, it isn't enough, I've find more. I've got to learn more. I've got to be more. It was that chronic push and drive to compensate for the feeling of not being enough in myself. Mm.
0: So to have that transformed must have been really um, amazing for your life. Well, you know, it's a work in progress.
1: I feel like I can easily slip into the um, reality of I laugh at myself. I entertain myself all the time. It's so amusing to be. But anyhow, um, yes, um, it is a tremendous relief not to have it be my responsibility um, that the world turns. Um, what, what, uh, what inflation. But, um, you know, I, I want to, you know, I think that finding that balance is an ongoing thing of... You know, wanting to give my gift, wanting to make a contribution and knowing the joy of being of service, because it is a joy, it's a, it's an essential to me ingredient to me, a meaningful life is to find a way to contribute. And um, so I find my eagerness to contribute, you know, playing against the, you know, wanting to have something to contribute and not, you know, knowing if what I'm contributing is enough and still looking for something validation from the other. So I uh, wish I could say, oh, it's all over for me, but I find myself still playing that game of back and forth of, you know, like I recently did um, a project that was substantial and time consuming. And to the moment of the project's conclusion, and even with the validation of Um, Learned professionals saying what a great job I did. I was it took me a while to take that in, you know I had to take a few breaths before I could say Thank you and really mean it, you know, really be in that space of receiving the gratitude push to do well and to you know, like make this contribution was so deep that I saw myself triggered in the not good enough and yet all along by outward appearances People say, oh, Pat, you were so cool. You had a sense of humor. You brought jokes to the situation. And inside me, I'm still feeling that little, you know, like, edge of am I enough? Is this okay? You know, do I have it right? Uh, Still, you know, play
0: volleyball with with my um, maybe more serene self. Your more serene self. Well, that is the virtue of the heart. Uh, when we bring presence as of type one, we develop that quality of serenity in the heart. You know, I'm just drawn to ask you this one question, knowing that, you know, we've had some journeying together. And that I remember this time, so delightful that you talk about how you amuse yourself. It really is delightful to hear all of that. And there was a time that you told me that You realized that you had felt overly responsible all of your life, and you never really had had a serious childhood or a playful childhood, and you said that you were going to make sure that that part of you had a life and advocate for that child that had maybe never gotten to be completely spontaneous, and I think that you really felt or experienced that that was very transformative for you, correct?
1: No doubt. I mean, I actually did exercises of talking in the mirror and telling my inner self, my inner child, my, the young part of me that was so conscientious, good job, which is something I didn't hear often from authority. Not that my parents didn't love me, but they just weren't um, emotionally sophisticated enough to say things like, good job. And so when I, when I live on, I'm living my life, I am um, encouraging of myself, actually. And I still will on occasion look in the mirror and say, good job, because I, I, the inner child in me benefits from it. And yes, I have held the space for myself to be much more playful and to be much more, um, you know, sort of like off the clock. Mm-hmm. Which as a one, I tend to, you know, like um, put uh, pseudo structures for myself. But um, yeah, it's all it's all good, and I and I definitely um, find the space for my child to be self-expressed and to and to be more playful in life.
0: Beautiful. Well, Pat, I just have one more question for you, and it's really an offering because there are people that are going to be listening. I hope, for years to this recording uh, all around the globe. So this is your opportunity. What would you like to tell your fellow Enneagram type ones around the globe?
1: Well, I would like to tell them that they're beautiful, beautiful people and that I so love how utterly well-intentioned and sincere they are about the offerings that they make to the world, um, and I would encourage them to breathe long, deep breaths and realize that that you know boundaries and being um, uh, self-aware and and holding the space for others to have the same self-awareness is a bigger gift maybe than our, our lectures or our knowing or our uh, imposing our know-it-all opinion on the other. And I mean that with all the kindness that I can muster, uh, because I know that one's always doing their best. I mean, they're trying so hard, I get it. Um, and um, you're loved, you're enough, you can relax. Yeah.
0: Well, Pat, you are loved, and you are enough, and thank you for inviting us into the relaxation. It's really been a lovely contribution, what you brought here. Thank you. My pleasure, Jess. Good luck with this project.